Welcome everybody to another episode of Dear Corner Office. I am so happy to have our special guest for today, who is Ebony Travis. And you're like, Michelle, why is she special? Y'all, you don't even understand. I love connecting with people. And, and if you've ever listened in my podcast or live streams, you know I'm all about really connecting with people. But let me just give you a snippet of just how dope Ebony is. She has been with Boston Scientific since 1997, which she's had a long career working primarily with the organization's commercial side for the past 23 years. Two, three. Some of y'all like, I haven't been with a company for three years, 23 years. You know you gotta love who you're working for, right? Ebony's held many roles and most recently served as a senior manager diversity, equity, and inclusion for the past four years. But guess what? She's recently was promoted to a newly created role, the Director of Global Human Resources and Equal, Equal Employment Opportunity Policy Programs and Audit in Legal. Y'all, I don't know about you, but aren't you excited to have her on the show today? Aren't you excited to learn about her and what she's doing over at Boston Scientific. So Ebony, welcome to the show today. Oh, Michelle, thank you so much for having me. You're so kind, I really appreciate it. You're very, very welcome. Let me ask you a question, because I always want to know, how did you get started? It was, well, 23 years ago, it wasn't technically DNI or DNI, D-E-I, but where did you start when you started with Boston Scientific? And like, how did you end up in DEI the last few years? Oh, gosh. So, yeah, you know, like you said, I started in 1997. And what a lot of people don't know is I started as an administrative assistant. Uh, back then, they used to call it secretary, but it was an administrative assistant. And, you know, I had the opportunity to work with some phenomenal individuals um, and current leaders that are still with my organization, our organization um, that still work for us. And, you know, one happens to be our chief diversity officer and VP of HR. And then, of course, one is a president of our IC sales organization, where we together uh, co-founded one of our employee resource groups that was geared more towards our black employees. So I really started working in the diversity, equity and inclusion space back when I was an admin, and we really didn't talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion. You never really talked about there being this diversity initiative or programs. It was really just a way for us to start something that would help us help our Black employees. So I really was always a part of diversity, equity, and inclusion, but in various ways throughout other parts of the job that I was doing, from administrative assistant to manager of sales operations, to uh, you know, manager of global communications and training for compliance. And then I became a, a manager for diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I did that for almost four years before moving into this new role that I'm in. Wow. So I love that. Love how you, you were doing the work. You didn't have a name for the work, but you knew the work was so relevant and needed in the organization. So let's, let's talk about back then. What did it look like before it was diversity, equity, and inclusion? Like what, was, what were some of those programs or activities and even partners that you had 
back in the you know early 2000s or late 90s, whenever you started? You know, so back then we focused, we created, oh gosh, you know, I feel like that's a, a, a big question which, with an easy answer, but we did things like a women's network, you know, women's programming, leadership opportunities. We focused a lot on the women because there wasn't a lot of women in the sales industry. So we tried to create a space for women to help develop them, nurture them, mentor them, be their sponsors, you know, really do programs that would help them. Um, and again, you know, we go back to Bridge where we created this network, you know, bridging, creating a network for black employees where we could, you know, bridge the gap, right? Be able to introduce them and so they could see others like themselves throughout the organization in the sales organization. And that was a way for us to mentor and help each other as well. So back then it was really about the networking, the connection points. Um, again, there wasn't really this diversity inclusion program, right? Um, not until later on in the early, you know, 2000s. I love it. And what I like when you started the ERG group, the ERGs back then, what were you calling them? Because we, we always have this discussion, or I do with other people, like back then it was XYZ. What, what did you call it internal to your organization? So they were network groups. Right. They were they were network groups that they were focused on, on creating a network, right, creating a network of people that could meet again and learn and grow from each other, connect. So, so you pointed out some things that we are still finding relevant even now in 2021, which is sponsorship, gender and race still are huge um, drivers for diversity in and inclusion in the workplace. What else has have you seen change in the last few years when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion in the workplace besides race and gender? Well, you know, we think about it, you know, as part of the organization I work for, which is Boston Scientific, we really think about it as much as, as innovation or growing our organization. You know, now we don't only, you know, just talk about diversity, but equity and inclusion go hand in hand with that. Because we want a culture that values that diverse perspectives that drive everyone to be better and think differently. And for us as an organization, we know that's how we can solve, you know, our healthcare's toughest problems because we are a healthcare medical device company. We save lives from the top down. And, you know, this comes from our CEO and all our leaders at Boston Scientific. I love it. Yes. The, the expansion to add in equity and inclusion. I think we've, we've seen, at least you have the last 23 years being in corporate, the evolution and the growth within the, the DEI space. Because wait, let, let's go a little bit different because I know right now you're not in DEI. Mm -hmm. and, and you do have work that you do with equal employment opportunity. Can mm -hmm. you tell people, because there's this huge discussion on how DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, is not equal employment opportunity and is not human resources either. And if you agree or disagree, let's, let's have a dialogue about that. Where is, what is your perspective of, uh, or how do each of those three play a part in an organization? 
You know, so first let me start with, you know, in my role as a global human resource and equal employment opportunity policy programs and audit individual. My role and my vision in this role as I put together my strategy is that as an organization, we're going to align our global human resource policies related programs and training to really strengthen our inclusive and equity culture. And what does that mean? Well, as part of my work, I'm focused on making sure that our global policies truly resonate with our global organization, all of our employees. And that, you know, we also work on our global human rights and labor standards policy, as well as for the U.S., because, you know, in my title, I'm a global director for this. So I have to think about my global audience. But there's one piece of my work that isn't global. It's focused on the U.S. and Puerto Rico, which is the Affirmative Action Program. Now, when we think of EEO, which is the Equal Employment Opportunity, what that means is that we want to make sure we're giving every walk of life an equal opportunity to apply and give their best selves in trying to get the role that they're seeking within, for example, our organization. You know, equal employment opportunity means that we don't discriminate, right? We, all leaders, all hiring managers, we do not discriminate against race, gender, uh, disability, gender identity, military, um, you know, we make sure that we're giving everyone an opportunity to be able to bring their best selves into the workplace, as well as being able to put their best foot forward in applying for a role that they're interested in applying for. You know, so equal employment opportunity is everyone's responsibility, especially as leaders and hiring managers and as, as an organization as a whole. Thank you so much for breaking that down, especially ha how it relates to Boston Scientific and your role. So definitely, definitely want to thank you for that. One thing I've, I've noticed about your career, you've also done diversity recruiting, mentorship, the art of negotiations, and just navigating one's career. What have you, among other things, what have you seen when you looked at the networking groups that you've created or ERGs, as we say now, what are some activities that you see that employees continue to need generation after generation? You know, more than ever, you know, these employee resource groups that our organization has created and put together, especially led by our chief diversity officer, is what we're finding is that employees need this opportunity to connect and network with others that are like themselves. You know, we encourage every employee resource group, you know, while we have them focused on, for example, veterans, women, Black employees, Asians, Pacific East Asian, disability, um, young professional network, um, our South Asian, you know, we don't, if you don't identify with that group, we still encourage people to be a part of that ERG. Because that is how we learn from one another. We meet people from different diverse backgrounds. And so what we're seeing that is always needed is that opportunity to be able to network, learn, and grow. You know, if we don't meet people from different backgrounds, we'll never, what I like to say, diversify our, our knowledge base, our portfolio. So that's why it's so important that these employee resource groups exist in organizations today. 
because it creates this opportunity for people to come together from various aspects of, of, of walks of life and be able to connect. Absolutely. And, and what I really enjoy about what, what you're specifically talking about as well is having a global or international mindset. And as a leader in an organization, it is really important that you have that, even if you think, oh, I'm in a small town, because you really don't know who you're impacting all the time and really having a global mindset of how to do business, how to interact with people is truly, truly important. So thank you so much for that. Something else I, I'd like to, to talk about is something I think we right now, as we're still in the midst of a pandemic, is being a health and wellness influencer. How do you bring that into the workplace? Or how have you been able to continue to do that during the pandemic? You know, so for me, I'm a, a social media influencer. So I love getting on social media and really being positive. You know, people will say what we show there on the outside of social media is not always what's reflected in maybe our private lives. I'm going to be very transparent. What people see on social media about me is exactly what's happening in my home life. I am positive, happy. I lead with positive energy. I want to motivate people to be their best selves and to be fit, healthy, and happy. And even during this, the COVID where we were, you know, shut in, in our homes and, you know, couldn't really go anywhere. I didn't let that stop me, whether it meant walking in my home all day, whether it meant standing while I work all day versus sitting all day and taking one call after another, or finally just getting out there and walking in the park or, you know, leveraging a treadmill that I have here in my home and putting a board on it and making it a treadmill desk. You know, I really found ways to, to share that with the outside world and had people saying, oh, Ebony, I want to do that. How did you do that? Did it cost you much? No, you can make these, these things in your home, or you can actually just be fit by leveraging your own self, right? You don't have to go buy expensive equipment to be healthy or to be happy. Um, so for me, and I bring that in the workplace in the sense of I bring who I am. I bring my authentic self wherever I go. So while it's not a job that I get paid for, I do it because I want to help others. Um, and I do it for my colleagues. I do it for my friends. And I do it for complete strangers who just follow me on social media and just need to pick me up. Uh, so that's pretty much what I do. <laughs> oh, that is fabulous. I love the tip about the board on the treadmill. Like, how did I not think of that? I have yes. to do this. <laughs> <laughs> the bike, I have something on the bike. But the treadmill, like, that's genius. Okay. Oh, I yeah. So, so, so now you're going to have me at Home Depot or Lowe's looking for the right size board. Cause like, I mean, that's too big. I, I'm running through the sizes. That, that's so sad. But anyway, yeah, I love it. I love it. I love little hacks and tips like that, especially now. So we are in the part where I am going to do rapid fire questions with you. Okay. And it's what comes off the top of your head okay. that we, some really key questions about diversity and inclusion that we want your perspective of. Okay. All right, here we go. What are the diversity and inclusion KPIs your CEO is looking at regularly? That is building our diverse and inclusive culture. 
that's basically looking at our, what you'll see on our website, our three up goals. That is looking at our women, our multicultural talent, and looking at our inclusive culture. So that is it. Great. What is your DNI team's biggest challenge right now? Like any company, it's always finding more diverse talent. See, this is why it's rapid fire. What's your all-time DNI book on workplace culture? Full transparency, Jennifer Brown. She has written a few books on inclusion, and I've learned so much from her about how to create an inclusive culture, how to lead inclusively. Great. I know her very well. A recent book on DNI you've loved. Hands down, The Memo by Minda Hartz. What women of color need to know to secure a seat at the table. Yes, love Minda. What DNI or HR podcast delivers the most value to you? You know, that's a really great question. And at this moment right now, I can't give you an answer off the top of my head. That's quite <laughs> all right. <laughs> Who is the diversity and inclusion influencer you're most influenced by? Melody Hobson. She is co-CEO and president of a minority-run asset management firm, Aerial Investments. She is absolutely hands down so inspiring from her color brave to color blind and so much more. Where do you hear from that influencer the most? LinkedIn, her books, podcasts, YouTube? TED Talks and YouTube, as well as many articles in Forbes. What's the most overrated DNI training trend? This, in my in my opinion, this is me. Uh, unconscious bias. What's the most underrated DNI training tactic? Cultural sensitivity. Guess what? That is all our rapid fire questions, and we have so much in common. Oh my god, the heart book. I get Jennifer's emails and I, I've been, I'm kind of connected with her on a lot of social media sites. Too. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, I got to say, I mean, I really appreciate this. You know, again, s someone like myself based out of Dallas, Texas, always been based out of here, my whole career here working at BSC. And I, I absolutely love what I do, but really, truly, I love this new role I'm in because it still allows me the opportunity to help in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space especially externally with individuals like yourself who are inspiring, um, but as well as within our policies within our organization. So I'm really excited about this new chapter in my life right now. I am excited for you. I really, really am. So congratulations on the new role. Thank you. You're very welcome. So everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Be sure that you connect with Ebony. Where should they find you, Ebony? Because you love social all I do, you can find me on LinkedIn on Ebony Travis Tishner, T-I-C-H-E-N-O-R, or you can find me on Instagram, Ebony Travis, or on Facebook, Ebony Travis. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. Everybody have a great day. All right. Thanks, Michelle. Bye. Bye.